Welcome to the Mama Sisterhood. I'm Heather Evans. When my twins were born at 24 weeks gestation, I began to think about the uniqueness of each of our motherhood journeys. I also began to understand the importance of education and support from other moms, no matter how different our lives may be. Each episode will highlight one mother's journey and the lessons she has learned on this crazy path we call life. I'm so happy to have you here. Welcome to the Mama Sisterhood. Welcome back to the Mama Sisterhood. I have Lindsay Vaughn on here with me today. Hello. How are you, Lindsay? I'm good. How are you? I'm good. Thank you. Um, Why don't we start today by you telling us a little bit about yourself. So yourself, your family, where you live, and what you do. All right. Well, I'm Lindsay Vaughn. I... I live in Gardner, which I okay. never thought I'd live in Gardner, but here I am. <laughs> um, <laughs> and for those who don't know, that's in Kansas, nearby Can- where I am in Kansas yes. City. Yeah. It's it's one of the little suburbs of, mm-hmm. um, and I am a dietitian. I recently switched jobs. I'm not at Children's anymore. I spent 16 years as a pediatric dietitian and now I've moved to the grown-up world ah. so I can be a little closer to home mm-hmm. um because I was commuting two hours every day oh. which stinks yeah um yeah um I'm married let's see how long have I been married now see if I can do the math I've been married about 14 years going on 14 years mm-hmm. and I have a 10 year old son and a lot of dog cat zoo <laughs> at my house same along with that same so same. well why don't you tell us first how you as we talk about building a family and having families why don't you tell us how you met your husband it's kind of bizarre I actually met him in college. Okay. Um, he just was kind of in the circle of people, but like on the periphery circle of people that I knew. So I'd see him at like parties or whatever in college and I knew of him. And then fast forward to my 25th birthday, I used to have dinner parties for my birthday because I thought I was, you know, young <laughs> and cool and sophisticated. <laughs> Little did I know. Um, but He was living with a girlfriend of mine's boyfriend, if you can follow that logic. Mm -hmm. And I said, bring Eric, the more the merrier. And he asked me out Mm -hmm. after my birthday. Awesome. Awesome. So I want to come back to him because I want to talk about your wedding if we can. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Um, But let's circle back to you. Mm-hmm. And if you don't mind telling us, Lindsay, a little bit more about one of the many things that make you very unique, but about your medical situation mm-hmm. that might make might make your situation a little bit more unique as a mom. Well, I was born with spina bifida, um, which a lot of moms have heard of because in the pregnancy world, that's why they tell you to take folic acid. Mm-hmm. Um, if you're thinking about getting pregnant, because they found out years ago that it may help mm-hmm. not. So you don't have spina bifida. They didn't know a whole lot about that in the 80s. Mm-hmm. And so big, great surprise to my mom. She got to have a baby and I had a huge hole in my spine. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I am a paraplegic. I can stand and walk because I'm not as much as I used to. Um, 
And so I use a chair most of the time. Mm -hmm. And so that has made a lot of interesting challenges. That, yeah, I know. And how old were you when you first started using your chair? Did you get one when you were pretty little? I had one when I was little that I used for like, we call it community use Uh for chairs. So like I used it, I could walk around the house, I wall walked or whatever. And then I had a chair for like, if we went to Walmart or someplace Mm -hmm. like that, or I used one in school Mm -hmm. um, because if you use crutches, which I did, you can't carry books. Right. And you know, you get your legs or your hands, you don't get both. Right. Um, So I used the chair a lot in school and then really as I had my son I started to use it more Mm -hmm. just because that's how I figured out how to carry a baby right well and I have I back so I met Lindsay back in would it be junior high probably Mm -hmm. and in junior high in high school I had always known you with your chair right and then you know we'd kind of gone our separate ways and then Facebook right and I see your pictures of your wedding and I was like, oh my gosh, because I'd only known you were in your chair. So do you want to mm-hmm. say anything that was a little different at your wedding? Well, I did use my crutches in mm-hmm. the wedding. I just didn't. Well, I did use the chair for the reception, but for uh-huh. the ceremony part, I did use my crutches and it was able to like walk down the aisle and, you know, do that kind of stuff. And I didn't trip on my dress, which I was deathly afraid of, you know, sure doing a header in I my think dress. All brides are afraid of that no matter what afraid of that but I had a greater chance of doing it well you did great you did great and it was a nice short and sweet ceremony so that I didn't get like too tired and pass out and then you could really enjoy the reception right and then I got my chair and but even then like I had to like find the right dress because you know couldn't get a big ball gown dress that you think of with weddings because that doesn't fit in a wheelchair really well gotcha so Gotcha. So lots then, of planning. Yeah. So, okay. So then you get, you end up, so Eric, you and Eric start dating mm-hmm. and you end up getting married. Mm-hmm. And then how long was it until you guys, had you always talked about having a family or did that just kind I, of come up as you were together longer? It wasn't right away. We didn't want to just rush into it, but then we didn't get married until our late twenties. So okay. it was one of those that, you know, we couldn't wait too terribly long just because right. biology. Right. Um, so we started probably trying to have a baby when I was in like 29-ish because we got married around 27 when I was 27. And that didn't go so – didn't go as they tell you that it works in health class in ninth grade. I had it's, the same thing. Yeah. It, you know, it, they tell you like you'll have sex once and you'll get pregnant. Right. Right. That's not how it works 99% of the time. Right. Don't tell the Mm -hmm. 14-year-olds. So after a year or so of trying, we ended up going the route of IUI. Okay. So, and on the fifth try, I think, is when I got pregnant. Okay. Now, did the doctors, your OBGYN, or did they have any... Um, special concerns with pregnancy with you having spina bifida? Um, yes, no. Um, there's not a lot of literature out there of women having babies mm-hmm. with spina bifida. So they were kind of like, I don't know. Mm-hmm. We'll have to just see, see what happens. Goes. Yeah. And 
they weren't as worried about the pregnancy itself part. It was actually the delivery that they were worried about. Okay. And it was fine. But okay. that was the big, they didn't know because I don't have good muscle use mm-hmm. from my waist down. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you kind of need that for pushing out a baby. Well, so were you able to deliver Ollie actually? Good. I wow, did. That's awesome. And they did something which I don't know why they don't do more often. They just, they called it labor down mm-hmm. where you, they let your body just do it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And because your body knows how to do it. I mean, mm-hmm. it, the human body's been delivering babies for a long time. Right. And instead of like as soon as like you got to 10 or whatever they made you like bear down and push mm-hmm. they just let me have labor mm-hmm. and eventually they're like oh I, there's a baby there and like the thing that was so weird is i went to a high-risk OBGYN, whatever mm-hmm. they have the sweetest job for OBGYNs. they only deliver during business hours <laughs> That would be nice. I'm sure a regu- another OBGYN would be, I know they work a lot, all hours. Babies are born between nine and five. Right. So I was delivered by a resident and mm-hmm. that was the part that they were concerned about. Mm-hmm. And then I get a resident. But I, everything, you said everything. It worked out fine. Good. Luckily it was a resident I knew and like she came in and she's like, before I get all my gown and garb and stuff on, let's just have you try a little push and see, don't like do a big one, but just see what happens. And I did like a kind of push and she's like, wait, no, stop, 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 stop. Cause like, she's like, if you push any more, there's going to be a baby. Okay. And she didn't have anything on. So she's like, let me put on all my stuff first. That and is so, yeah, that's I really pushed amazing. like three times. Awesome. So yeah, you're a true testament to your body just naturally knows what just, to do just knows what to do <laughs> nice nice and how was um recovery and everything was after so you had it was a- fine okay good mm-hmm. and so you guys had a newborn and went yes. home now were there certain things that you guys had talked about or prepared before in terms of like setup of your home and things like that to make it easier for you to maneuver in yes. your chair okay yes so what were some of those things well my uncle is an engineer which is super helpful Mm -hmm. and he made me the most incredible crib um because that was one of my first things how do I even get the baby out of the bed Uh because you have to like bend over and lean over and I'm like I can't can't do that you Mm -hmm. know gonna drop a baby on the head right so and frown upon doing that um so he made he took the front panel off of the crib and made it an accordion and it had a slider oh how cool kind of like at the bottom of your like shower Uh uh-huh and it had a latch on it so it didn't it was totally straight and latch and I could undo the latch and then just accordion it open that is and then it was open the entire length of the bed uh-huh. I that is very innovative. That's great. Right? Cuz yeah. I looked and looked and looked and looked for adaptive cribs. Huh. And not that much nothing. There. That's I'm a like, good field for someone to go into. <laughs> yeah. I'm Someone's like I can't be the first person that no. can't reach into a crib. 
Right. Right. <laughs> that is really cool. Yeah. Your uncle should mm-hmm. market that. I know. I'm like, you could make some money off of this. Right. So, yeah. So you could just put him, you know, reach in, get him, and then just kind mm-hmm. of carry him. Mm-hmm. Um, now, so you have, uh, you um, have a manual chair where you push with your hands, right? Well, and that's the other thing that we got different is I was like, okay, how do I hold the baby and push the chair? And, Mm -hmm. you know, I was, you know, I was like, do I, I tried initially, like, do I do like the baby wearing and Uh using like one of those? And I just could not figure that thing out. I just Uh couldn't do it. So, and my uncle had, my uncle's just was great for my pregnancy. Sounds great. Um, But he bought me a like jazzy. They're those electric wheelchairs that is more like just a chair. Okay. And it makes like the really tight radiuses. Oh, okay. And so you you could use use like a chair joystick then? Yeah. So it has like a joystick and it makes really tight radiuses. So then I could have one arm to securely hold the baby and one arm to use the chair. I love it. Very cool. And when he was super little and I could walk, our um, cradle or the bassinet, because he was in our room like the mm-hmm. first four or six months, however long that was. It's mm-hmm. kind of a blur because, um, <laughs> you know, sleep. Right. Um, it had wheels. So I would just oh, put okay. him in that. And before he could sit up and roll around and all that kind of stuff, I could just put him there. And I would take in the morning when my husband would go off for work, I'd put the baby in the crib and then or the bassinet and push the bassinet out into the living room. Okay. Yeah. You guys made a lot of good accommodations. So, and then I had stash like a secret, like stash underneath the couch that had like the travel, um, like mat. So I could do diaper changes and things Mm -hmm. without having to take him back into the, Mm -hmm. I got, I had like the pretty big diaper changer thing. I never used it. Mm Mm-hmm. I know I did a lot of changing, even, (laughs) you know, I, I just did it because I, you know, I could have gone back up there, but it was just easier. So like, I'm not gonna, it's just us here. I don't need to go all the way across the house to change. Just change a diaper right there. I mean, yeah. Yeah. So awesome. Okay. And so then tell me, those are my big adaptive things that I did. I love those. And then as Ollie got older. So as mm-hmm. he started to be a toddler and so then he's like crawling and walking mm-hmm. and, mm-hmm. um, did he, I, I feel like, did he like when he was learning to pull the stand and things like that, did he just sort of adapt and learn to like help pull himself up on the chair or did he kind of just incorporate that into his life? He just kind of did it. My husband did a lot of things. And uh-huh. I do remember one time with his, he went to daycare at 12 weeks because I went back to work. The, yeah. You know, lots of women do. Mm-hmm. And her, I remember our daycare provider, we did an in-home daycare. She's like, you know, he's so good. He could, he could roll back and forth at four months, which just Mm -hmm. drove her crazy because he wanted to sleep on his (laughs) belly and she was not allowed to let him do that. Right. And, um, but she's like, he does not know how to go upstairs. And then he's like, oh, Mm -hmm. you don't. Oh, she's like, she's like, took her a second to figure you guys probably don't have a lot of stairs in your home. You've never, you don't do that. Okay. Yeah. So she like taught him how to go up and down stairs because she's like, oh yeah, that makes sense that he wouldn't know how to do Mm -hmm. stairs. 
Mm -hmm. and like I had a downstairs that was like my husband's man cave or whatever so Mm -hmm. we're finally like oh yeah we probably should teach him to go up and downstairs like it just sure didn't even occur to me to do stairs that's a good Um, story though that's interesting that just shows a difference between you know yeah just where you grew up so Mm -hmm. um okay that's great so so you said Ollie can you how old is Ollie again now he is 10 now. Okay. So, and my kids are just a little bit younger than that. So I feel like this is the age where, I mean, always, but you really start to try mm-hmm. teaching them things and, you know, different things like that. So do you feel like having a mom that uses a wheelchair? Do you, I feel like that would teach him a lot of really good lessons. Do you feel like he's learned specific <laughs> lessons from that? He has like, He's very protective of me, which I tell him he doesn't have to be. But, you know, he's like, oh, no, I have to be protected. You know, Mm -hmm. if anybody says anything against my mom, mm," you know, that's very sweet, which is very sweet. But I'm also like, I'm a grown up. It's okay, Mm -hmm. son. You know, but I think he's more empathetic to people and like he doesn't necessarily just go for like the it crowd or whatever. Mm -hmm. And he's the one that's more open to somebody different mm-hmm. that's a great thing which is awesome yeah that's really yeah but he also oh he was a conniving little child when he was a toddler <laughs> How oh so? he he made me work for my money that I didn't get because <sighs> moms don't get paid um he learned real fast what I could and couldn't do oh no and when he we moved to this house in Gardner when he was one and a half mm-hmm. because one of the things I learned the hard way is we had a cute little house in Olathe that I liked. That was like our first house and it was tiny and it was a 1980s ranch. So it had like no storage whatsoever because that's how they are. And we had baby proofed. I'm about the same height as a kindergartner in my wheelchair. Okay. So when my six foot one husband helped baby proof stuff and he was working second shift at the time i'm like all right buddy let's make you some lunch i can't reach any of the pots or pans oh no he'd proofed it for anyone of that height anybody like i i couldn't reach the pots and pans like i couldn't get i'm like this is a problem Mm -hmm. so that's why we moved Uh because i'm like we need places like we can store stuff where there's supposed to be because we had to have like a pot rack because there was Mm -hmm. no place to put Mm-hmm. our pots and pans so he put them in the top of the linen closet oh no like cool right i won't cook while you're gone so. yeah. oh no <laughs> hey, that gives like... you a good excuse if you're, if you're not feeling it, for cooking for dinner that night but it, it, it could does. get old after a while it, yeah. it does especially when you're home all day alone with the baby and mm-hmm. you're like mm-hmm mm-hmm but just something well, you may not think about until you totally go to actually didn't think about it until I actually went to do it and went and grab the utensil. I can't reach that. That's a problem. Mm-hmm. So I was like, we're moving. He's like, mm-hmm. oh, we're moving. I'm like, we're moving. So, so when you we, when you moved, did you guys like build a house that you kind of designed or did you specifically didn't, find I would one? have loved to, but no. Um, and our poor realtor. Um, if he wasn't a jerk at the time, I would have felt bad, but I have such weird requirements for a house that well, we they're would, like, very valid requirements, right? Though. No, they're very valid requirements, but mm-hmm. they're not your normal, like, I want to see the kitchen mm-hmm. and you know, what kind of did it, you know, 
I we would drive up to a house and I would just look at it and be like, nope. And he's mm-hmm. like, you don't even want to go in. I'm like, I don't even want to. You could go just tell in. it wasn't accessible yeah. by kind of looking at it. Yeah, just by looking at it, all the like adaptions are like they'd open. I'm like, can they open the garage? And he's like, the garage. I'm like, I need to see the garage. Mm-hmm. And be like, nope. There's five stairs to get in the house from the garage. Mm-hmm. Nope. Can't get right. in the house. That wouldn't work. Right. <laughs> he's like. Oh, okay. Well, the inside is really flat. I'm like, awesome. But if you can't, can't get, get inside. In the house. Yeah. <laughs> so, so is the house you have now, were you able to find one that was already handicapped, we, like already wheelchair accessible or? Well, we made, I bought an open, the open floor plan is really nice mm-hmm. for the wheelchair because there's more space to get around. Sure. So it's an open floor plan. Um, And we have a three car garage. And one of the things that we said, if we'd bought this house is they built a ramp in the garage and it takes up one of the stalls. Okay. Okay. So it's a long ramp. Um, But in our first house, we got like a, bought and installed kind of a ramp in the garage and it was steep. Uh Um, So, but it was, it got scary at the time because I'd be holding the baby going mm-hmm. down this steeper ramp that I wanted to be and like, Whoop-oo! you know, and mm-hmm. try not to like run into the car. I got real strong though. Cause putting him in the car seat, oh, I bet. it was above my head. So I would have to lift him like up and over uh-huh. the car seat. So, but then he got to the eight big enough that I'm like, I can't lift him. Then he could just kind of crawl in there a little bit. Right. And so yeah. when he got to the point where he could get himself in the car, that was a great day it's a good day day. he couldn't buckle himself but he could crawl in there and like Mm -hmm. good enough yeah um but I needed enough space that I could get all the way around my car and into the house and be able to get my wheelchair beside the car with the door open that I could get in and buckle up the car seat and Mm -hmm. all of that jazz which there's not always that much space yeah yeah, well, I'm glad you got the house that you have now and you guys have Me it all too. figured out. Yes. And he's a big kid now, so he he's can a big kid now. do all that stuff himself and buckling yes. and all the things. Yes. Oh, but I kind of went on a side when he was a toddler, when he would get mad at me, we have, uh, you can the open to the basement stairs or okay. just open. Uh-huh. And when he would get mad at me, he would take my cell phone or my <gasps> pager oh and my he would goodness. chuck them down <gasps> the stairs because oh he knew goodness. I couldn't get to it. And I'd be like, oh, that little mischievous guy. Uh-huh. I'm like, mm, and he would just look at me with this smile. Oh my goodness. How funny. So I learned. mean, it's funny now. I'm sure it wasn't oh, it's super. Oh, it's so yeah. funny now, but I'm just like. He figured that. He's very he's smart. He figured it out quickly. Very smart. Yes. Do you ever tell him about that now when you tell him? Like, oh, yeah. He were, thinks it's hilarious. Does he laugh? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Because he he was such a mischievous kid. Oh, my mm-hmm. goodness. Mm-hmm. There's a reason I have one. There's a reason I have one. <laughs> I don't know you did it with two well Um, I didn't know any differently (laughs) this is true this is true so one thing I wanted to ask because I feel like it's important so I know um you know kids are very inquisitive and so Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. when you go to a park or a store you know they will pick up on someone who Mm -hmm. has something different so whether they're Mm -hmm. in a wheelchair Mm -hmm. or you know have hearing aids or whatever their thing Mm -hmm. is and I feel like sometimes, and you tell me what you think, you know, 
it's almost like, oh, no, 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 don't look, don't stare, you know, hush, hush, hush. <laughs> How would you tell someone like, you know, like, let's say my kids were out somewhere mm-hmm. and they, they're familiar with wheelchairs, but let's say there was mm-hmm. something they weren't familiar with and they were It happens all the time. Right. What's the best way for a parent to like talk, like, cause you're in that situation, kind of mm-hmm. there with mm-hmm. them. Mm-hmm. Do you have any recommendations of the best way to like teach these kids or you know, interact with someone who might be in a wheelchair or have some different circumstance? My biggest thing is just ask, Mm -hmm. you know, and ask if it's okay. You know, can I ask why you're in a chair, Mm -hmm. you know, and with little kids, especially, you don't have to go into these long dramatic reasons, Mm -hmm. you know, you go, my legs just don't work really good. So this helps me go fast. Yeah. And they go, Oh, okay. And they move on with their lives and the parents mm-hmm. are just, they're mortified. And I'm like, it's fine. You know? Well, and that's good. <laughs> that teaches them that everyone are, everyone's Everyone people. is different. Yeah. And, you know, yeah. it's okay to ask, you know, and if mm-hmm. you can, if the person doesn't want to answer, you know, they can be like, you know what? It's not a big deal right now. And they, you know, move on. So, mm-hmm. but, you know, it's always important to ask, you know, consent for the kids to ask, you know, okay. Yeah, ask kind of so deal. ask the individual yeah. if it's okay if they right. ask or their kid asks. Right. And then let the kids just ask. I think that's let the great. kids just ask. I think because kids are just so naturally they just won't ask. Right. So. <laughs> right. Right. Well, and I feel like kids are so naturally they just question something different, whether someone has right. blue hair or whatever. And I feel like if you don't talk about it or don't let them talk about it. You don't want them thinking it's something that they can't it's talk about or they shouldn't talk about. Or, yeah. And they're not doing it to be rude, you know, mm-hmm. and they may ask it in not like the most, you know, proper way, mm-hmm. but they don't have the words, right? you know, a little kid may be like, what's wrong with your legs? Mm-hmm. And they're not being like, ew, what's wrong with your legs, you know, kind of deal, whatever. They're just like, your legs are different than mine, but what's wrong with your legs? Mm-hmm. And just, they don't look as good as yours. So this makes me be fast. Mm-hmm. They're like, oh, that's kind of cool. You know, and they're like, I don't want to go fast. And, mm-hmm. you know, that's yeah. all you got to do. So has Ollie over the years had situations where like, if you had to talk to Ollie about like, if he has had friends come over or, you know, their families have met you and different things like that, has he like, did he just naturally kind of know what to say? Or did you have to talk to Ollie He's about always, any of those things? He hasn't. And there's been a couple times that I, after the fact, I, he just knew things as a toddler. And toddlers know more than we give them credit for. Or just mm-hmm. little kids give them mm-hmm. credit. And I would have, like, a medical thing happen or whatever. And I wouldn't, like, go into big detail with him. Because I, I was like, oh, he doesn't even notice. Whatever. And then it freaked him out. Okay. So I, you know, have learned that I need to, you know, tell him what's going on. Mm-hmm. I don't have to go into big, you know, what's going on, but tell him what's going on. Yeah. So he doesn't imagine it's something worse than it is. Something that is worse. Cause like I had, I tore my ACL and MCL like mm-hmm. six years ago. Mm-hmm. That sucked. Mm-hmm. Um, but had to have surgery and he was four, you know, And so, you know, I did the mommy's going to go, you know, get her knee fixed. I'm going to be gone for a couple of days, but I'll be back, you know, blah, blah, blah. And didn't really even think about it. And he didn't say anything. And then I went to the same building 
to just have an x-ray mm-hmm. years later and he was like no I don't want you to go there and mm. I was like what's wrong I'm like he's I'm like I'm just having an x-ray I'll be right back and he's like last time you were there you didn't come back for days and days and days and days oh. and I'm like oh buddy <laughs> you know mm-hmm. like totally different just a building so you yeah. know really explaining that kind of thing mm-hmm. of you know I'm okay yeah and because he does really worry at times so I have to be like I'm fine I'm fine Aww. I promise I'm fine and he sounds like he, such a sweet boy he's a, he can be he mm-hmm. can be mm-hmm. he can so, also just be a 10 year old boy but of course then then he does something sweet. You're like, um, okay, fine. So, Mm -hmm. so, so tell me about, so Ollie, like what types of things does he love? What types of things is he into? What are his passions at 10 years old? He is his father's child. Mm -hmm. And my husband is a computer geek. He does IT. Uh And so Ollie like if there's not a screen attached to it he does not care uh-huh. you have to be like all right you have to go outside and play and he's uh-huh. like i don't want to go outside and play you yeah. know like so he loves live, computers very that'll do well for him as he gets older yes so. i'm hoping he makes lots of money doing that when he's older I but bet. it's i just right now i'm like oh i just I hate YouTube and I don't understand oh, and kids. Ugh. Oh, yeah. Just, I had ugh. to ask, I, this is a total pivot from what we were just talking mm-hmm. about, but I just forgot about it. You had pictures a few years ago. I don't know if you're still doing it when you were doing martial arts, right? Yes. I don't know what type yes. you have to tell me, tell me about that. Cause that is so cool. So that was kind of a random thing. I put Ollie in karate when he would turn five because mm-hmm. I wanted him to do something that didn't involve a screen yeah so I made him go kicking and screaming mm-hmm. and I'm like it works out you can kick and scream there <laughs> um <laughs> and the instructor was really nice guys and um they actually ended up opening their own dojo okay uh and I guess I didn't I mean I I met him a few times. I said hi or whatever, but I wasn't in the class when Ollie did it. So, you know, I was just another parent, you know, Mm -hmm. sitting on the sideline waiting for their kid to be done, you know. Mm -hmm. And I went to his new dojo and he said it really bothered him that like how they had the seating that like I couldn't sit in like where the other parents were and like. I always had to be like right in front of the door and there wasn't a bathroom that I could get to. So he made his dojo accessible because of me and like I'm like that's so sweet and one day he just posted on Facebook some guy in a wheelchair that was doing karate and I like what I commented something like oh that's fun you know that'd be fun he's like you want to try it I'm like maybe Uh (laughs) uh-huh and so that's how that came about and he there's two guys that own that place and they were just like I have no idea what I'm doing uh-huh never taught somebody in a chair before so we'll figure it out yeah and that's just kind of what we did I had an extra chair uh-huh. as, as I'm sure you've learned you know you get medical equipment and then you just end up with stockpiles mm-hmm. of 
mm-hmm. parts of medical equipment. Mm-hmm. So I had a very old dead wheelchair that I just let them, I left it at the dojo. It's actually still there. I need uh-huh. to go get it at some point. Yeah. Um, but I left it there. So they would like, as they were doing their practice stuff, one guy would be in a chair and the other one would be up normal and they would practice trying to figure out how to do the moves in a wheelchair. That is awesome. Well, and it's really awesome for you. And then my brain goes to like, now they could accommodate mm-hmm. a, a kid in a wheelchair too. Exactly. And they had kids that had more of like, they had like autistic kids that they would work with or mm-hmm. just behavior issues that, mm-hmm. you know, they had been really physical. Mm-hmm. So yeah. So I think it was great. And it was fun just to get out and do something different and, well, and do something with your son. And then I also, I wanted to prove to my kid, look, look, this is something you and I can do together. That's not just, you know, boring mom stuff. Right. So, so that's great. I love that. Okay. Well, I just have one last question because I know you're Mm -hmm. a busy mom. So this is the one I ask everybody. If Mm -hmm. you could have a day where you go anywhere and you could go anywhere, do anything you want for just for you for a day, where would you go and what would you do? I don't know. I think like a spa day would be like fantastic because I'm very rarely alone, which mm-hmm. I think that's a mom thing too. Yeah. Is, you know, I'm Do either you... at work with people or I'm at home with people yeah. and they're like, oh, there's people. And I love people, but sometimes you just like, it's a nice need relaxing. It. Would so, you go for the massage or the facial or the nails or just like all of it? Just all of it. I would just have a girly day. And yeah, that sounds, that sounds lovely. Sounds great. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you so much for joining us today and telling us your story and all these and Absolutely. your families and giving us such good advice um, when talking with people who are, you know, either use a wheelchair or have other differences. And so I really appreciate you coming on and thank you so much. Thanks for having me. This episode is sponsored by my books. I have self-published two books. The first is called Learning to Breathe. And that is our NICU journey with our twins born at 24 weeks. For more information on this, you can check out episode one. And my second book is called The NICU Mama Survival Guide. So I'm a pelvic floor physical therapist. One of the things I specialize in is postpartum rehab. And despite that, when I had my kids in the NICU, I did not even consider my postpartum rehab because I was so focused on my kids in the NICU. Years later, I realized NICU moms can still take care of themselves and their recovery, and they can do it all without leaving their baby's bedside. And my book explains how. Find both books today on Amazon. Thanks for joining us today on the Mama Sisterhood Podcast. If you like what you hear, please hit subscribe so you don't miss out on any extraordinary motherhood journeys. Also, I would really appreciate it if you could take a second to rate and review. This helps me reach more moms. See you next week.